0: Praise the Lord. Well, welcome to everybody. What a great time of worship uh, we've had. And I trust that you've had the same experience there in your homes. And thank you to Pastor Danny for sharing a powerful word with us. Amen. I want to continue this morning. um, I preached Christmas morning on love in a manger. And so I want to do part two of that. And so if you have your Bibles, as always, even though you might not be physically here in the building with us, I want to encourage you to write things down, write a scripture or two, whatever it is that God quickens to your spirit, we want you uh, to just write that down because that is for you. That's a rhema that God is giving to you. So here in Luke chapter 2, we're going to begin uh, from verse 12. Luke 2 chapter 2. And verse 12 in the New King James Version. And it says, And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped up in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. Or uh, uh, you could put it, you will find love wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And so I want to begin to read now from verse 15. And this is really the heart of my message. From 15 right through to verse 20. And so it was that when the angels had gone away from them, the shepherds, into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste. And found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this Christ. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, once again, what a privilege it is to be able to come before your throne of grace, not because of any merits of us, not because of what we've done, not because of our qualifications, not because of our status quo in life, but really only because of what you did for us on the cross. And through the blood, we can come nigh unto you today. And Lord, even as we would gather in this place and all the various homes right across the city of Durban, South Africa, and all over the world, I thank you that you said where two or three are gathered in my name, that there you are in the midst of them. And we are a people that have gathered together in the name of Jesus, the name that unites us, the name that brings us together, the name to which every knee must bow and every tongue confess that you and you alone are the Christ. And I thank you that as this word comes, let it be a living word. Let it be the spoken word of God today that would speak to the hearts of every person watching. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So, this passage of Scripture is quite interesting because uh, the shepherds are living out in the fields and they're doing what shepherds normally do. They're just keeping watch over their flocks by night. And then the Bible says an angel comes and stands before them. And when he does, the glory of God comes and begins to shine all around them, causing all of them to be fearful. And if you back up in verse 10, it says that the angel said to them, don't be afraid, guys, for... Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, good tidings of great joy. I know that that's hard to swallow right now with everything that's happening in the world and all of the COVID and then the second wave that's, but I want to proclaim to you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all the people. Amen. So as we continue in this part two of love in a manger, I want to share with you six things. How many things? Six things that all revolve around the way that the shepherds and even Mary responded to this love that was in a manger. All right? So the very first thing, point number one is I want to tell you, God is so very, very desperate to reveal his love to mankind. He really is. I want you to take note of that in verse 15. It says, And so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. Or we could say, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see love in a manger, which the Lord has made known to us. Someone once said, you know, that love is the most beautiful thing in the world. And I might agree with that, but I think I would agree more so, especially when we talk about the love of God, God's love, because it comes with no strings attached, and it's what we call unconditional love. And the amazing thing is that God is desperate to reveal His love to you and I. And so here in this passage of scripture, he sends his angels to deliver this message and then he backs it up with his glory that shines all around and a whole multitude of heavenly hosts that appear upon the scene. In other words, all of heaven back up God's desire to bring his love down from heaven to earth and to a strange group of people, just a simple bunch of insignificant shepherds who were busy doing what shepherds normally do, watching over their flocks. And you know, family, it wasn't like they were high-profile people. They were just ordinary people, just ordinary people. And that shows how much God desires to reveal His love, this love that was in a manger. And I wanna tell you today, despite what others have said, despite what the reports have said, this love is for every single person. It's not a love that is reserved for only a few selected people, all right? And the truth be told is actually that we are undeserving and we are unworthy. But thank God for the cross. It's not based on what you can do or what you can bring. Everything's been done. Everything's been brought. And you and I were purchased through the precious blood of the Lamb. Look at what 1 John 4.10 says. In the New Living Translation, this is real love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. So point number one, God is so, so, so desperate to reveal His love to you and I. Number two, for God's love to work, it must be acted upon. Verse 16 says, and they came with haste. When they heard the news, the angel shared this glorious news. The Bible says they came with haste. And there they found Mary and actually and Joseph, who were by the way. But they came with haste and found love in a manger. All right. I want you to understand that when they heard the message of love, they immediately responded. They acted on what they had just heard and what they had just received. They didn't wait another day. They didn't wait another moment. They didn't wait for 2022. They didn't wait for, I don't know, 10 years from now. Right there and then, they responded. Now, I want to tell you, if you've never responded to the love of God right where you are, you can respond in Jesus' name. But in order for love to work, it has to be acted upon. And it is the very simple principle of faith, it's what the Apostle James says that faith without corresponding action is dead. And the love of God is for the whosoever. If you're tall, you're like me, or short, like Jess, for example, or uh, if you're brown, white, whatever color you are, you got long hair, short hair, or even no hair. The love of God is available to every single person, but it has to be reciprocated in order for it to have any effect, any benefit in our lives. And it's the same thing with salvation, isn't it? Salvation is available to every single person. God didn't have a, a select group of people in mind when he sent his only begotten son, John three sixteen tells us. He loved the world, every single body, but not everybody is saved. Why? Because only when we receive the word and we act on the word, does salvation come? And it's the same thing with this love that was in a manger. The shepherds were quick to respond with haste. They went to Mary and Joseph and to Jesus who was lying in a manger. They responded. Number three, this love is a love that is designed to be shared the love of God. Love in a manger. Look at verse 17. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. Or we could say, keeping with our theme, now when they had seen him, they made widely known this love in a manger. And I want to tell you, it's not religion that God wants you to share, but his amazing love. This is one of the side effects of love in a manger. Once you taste it and you see it and you feel it and you experience it, you can't wait to share this love with others. You know, sometimes I marvel at what people are trying to share with others. They're trying to share with the world, conspiracy theories and God's judgment. And then they, you know, they want to tell us who the Antichrist is. And, and people read the, the Bible, especially when it comes to the book of Revelation, and think that, you know, right there in the book of Re- Re- Revelation, it's going to give us some understanding about concerning the realm of darkness, But the book of Revelation is first and foremost, and you've heard me say this a million times, it's the revelation of Jesus and of his precious bride, his church. In fact, the whole Bible from cover to cover is not a revelation of the kingdom of darkness and what it's trying to expose and this and that working. From cover to cover, the Bible is the revelation of Jesus and his glorious church that's you and I. You know, uh, over the many years when I became a marriage officer, I've done a lot of marriages. Sometimes people come up to me and say, oh, pastor, so great to see you. You married us. And I have to think, did I really? I have no recollection of marrying this couple. But one thing about marriages, every marriage that I have conducted, the thing that really makes me to marvel is that on that day, there is such a vibrant love that the groom has for the bride and the bride has for uh, the, the groom. It's just something that is characteristic on that day. On that wedding day, there is a pulsating vibrancy. There is a love. You, you feel it. You're made aware of it. Your attention is drawn to the fact that these two people have an incredible and yet even sometimes soft and tender love for one another. That's what you experience on that wedding day. And I want to tell you the world will be drawn in when they see the church reciprocate the love that the Father has for them. If we cannot return the Father's love as the church then we're never gonna be able to love each other. We're never gonna love our city and our people that are in our city and in our country. And it's out of this love between the Father and the church and the church and the Father that the church is able to love others. And when that happens, I believe the world will sit up and take notice of the church. The greatest mission on this earth is to make known the love that was in a manger, and thank God we now carry that love in our hearts. It's the hope of the world. And Paul tells us in Romans 5 5, New King James, it says, Now hope does not disappoint. Why? Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The Passion Translation says, And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy. Uh uh-uh. uh. Because why? We can now, when now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Hallelujah. So the love of God was designed to share with people. Amen. Point number four. All right. We're getting there. Point number four. Only this love Only this love can impact and change our love. No other love will do, whether it be Hollywood love, Bollywood love, Nollywood love, or any other kind of love, all right? Only the love of God can impact and change our world. Look at it in verse 18. It says, and all those who heard it, what did they hear? They didn't hear deep teachings of God. They didn't hear, the shepherds didn't come and say, we've got some new theory concerning who the Antichrist is. We've got some understanding as to how the end of times is going to play out. What was it? It was the love that they experienced, the love in a manger. When they heard it, they marveled uh, uh, at these things which were told them by the shepherds. Hallelujah. They marveled at this love in a manger. That's the effects of sharing love in a manger. The Bible says they all marveled. The profound effects of love in a manger caught the attention of everyone who crossed paths with these simple shepherds. And as I said before, they, they 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 were just an ordinary group of people, uneducated, untrained, unschooled, yet they had the greatest revelation. Love in a manger was now love in their hearts, And out of that abundance, out of the abundance of their hearts, they spoke and shared and testified and witnessed. Like I said before, sometimes we think, you know, it's the deep, deep, deep revelations of God that we have to share in order to kind of elicit some kind of an effect on people. But people respond to love, not human love. Come on. Humanity, as I've said before, we've been created in the image and likeness of God. And the Bible says God is love. So you were programmed to be loved. Every human being carries the DNA of this, I want to be loved. I have a sense of being accepted. I, I need to be accepted. I I, I I live to be loved. We all live to be loved. And when we minister out of love, love in a manger, then everything else happens. You say, what do you mean? people automatically get saved. People automatically get healed. People automatically get delivered. People automatically get restored. Hallelujah. God automatically begins to do the supernatural when you begin to flow out of this love that was in a manger that is now love in our hearts. Hallelujah. Point number five is this. This kind of love makes no sense whatsoever. This kind of love, love in a manger that is now the love of God in our hearts, makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Look at verse 19. Everybody's like really caught it and, and, and had a revelation of it, but not Mary. The Bible says, verse 19, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Or you could say, Mary kept love in a manger in her heart and and pondered over it. And my point is this. You cannot share what has not been revealed to you. We grow by by revelation, not by theology, how much theology you know, or how much Greek, Hebrew you know. We grow each and every time the word of God becomes flesh and blood on the inside of us. But the point I'm trying to make, family, is that this kind of love doesn't make any difference. Mental sense, any natural sense. There is no logic to it. There is no reason to it. There are no formulas that you can attach to love in a manger. It's not even if I love you that you can love me back. Even that doesn't make sense. This is a love that is revealed by the Holy Ghost to the heart of mankind. It's a revelation of the heart. Now, you think about Mary. Here's Mary who's just given birth to a child. I've never given birth to a child because I'm not a woman. But uh, she has just gone through something quite physical, something quite traumatic, and she has to now sit back and ponder on what is actually taking place. Something very physical has just happened to my body. My body is actually painting right now, and I'm physically sore. There's nothing spiritual about it. You know, I, I mean, it's, it's physical. And so maybe she's in pain, maybe she's perspiring. But I want you to understand, revelation begins with the physical, but then somewhere along the road has to turn into the spiritual. In other words, what am I trying to say? I'm not trying to say that we've got to give, everyone's got to give birth, but I'm trying to say we employ our natural senses to read the word, to lift up our hands and worship. We employ our natural voices and our mouths and our lips and our tongues. We have to dip into our pockets and then, you know, naturally, we, in the natural, we have to release. But somewhere along the line, somewhere, sometime, there has to, it has to move from the natural and into the spiritual. It has to move from the area of our minds into the area of our hearts. And I think that's what I'm trying to say when it comes to this kind of love, love in a manger. And no wonder Paul actually, when he talks about faith and hope, he includes love in the same group. He says, now abide faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these things, he says, is love. But he puts love in the same category as faith. Why? Because it's of the heart. You cannot, just like you cannot intellectualize faith, so too you cannot intellectualize love. Because why? It's a revelation of the heart. Amen? Point number six, and this is my last point That true love will always glorify God. At the end of the day, when it's all said and done, you won't be glorified. Your family won't be glorified. Your ministry won't be glorified because that's not how it's supposed to be. God will receive all the glory and honor. And so verse 20 says, then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Hallelujah. You see, when love becomes a revelation to you, not only will people marvel And cities and nations, I believe, turn the right side up for God. But at the end of the day, God will be glorified. Everything we do is so that Jesus can receive all the praise, all the glory, and the honor. It's the way that it has been ordained for us. That's the way the kingdom functions. And that's how it should be. But when love in a manger becomes a revelation to you, then hear me now, everything else in your life will be, will be blessed. Your marriage will be blessed, and God will be glorified. Your family will be blessed, and God will be glorified. Your businesses and finances will be blessed, and God, in the middle of all of that, is glorified. Your ministry and church, when love in a manger becomes love in the hearts. Because remember, we're saying that love is of the heart. Everything that you touch is blessed. And at the end, God is glorified. Hallelujah. People are saved and healed and delivered. And God is glorified. God gets the glory at the end of the day. And people understand this. That that is what fuels and feeds our mission and our purpose on this earth. We are simply mimicking what, what the Godhead in heaven are doing. As they love each other, as the Father loves the Son and the Holy Spirit, and the Son loves the Father and the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit loves the Son and the Father. As there is this love in the unity, in the, in the, in the, in the Godhead, in the Trinity, so too we are mimicking this down on this earth. Hallelujah. And in the end, God and God alone is glorified. And let me tell you that when God is glorified all in all that we say and do, nothing can stop us. When God is glorified, nothing can stop us. Nothing can stop the church when God is glorified. Nothing can stop the marriage when God is glorified. Nothing can stop the families when God is glorified. Nothing can stop your business when God is glorified because God is glorified when love in a manger becomes love in your heart. Hallelujah. So I trust that you have been blessed by those six points, revolving really all about the love of God. There's nothing deeper than the love of God, actually, at the end of the day. And, you know, you can look at 1 Corinthians 13 and read from verse 1 to 8. I would recommend that you do that. Maybe read it in the various translations. Take your time as you read it, by the way. Let it sink in. Because if we can't get that right in our heart of hearts, everything else that we do is actually, it's just a waste of time. If if there isn't that revelation of love in a manger that is now loving my heart, and if I'm not responding to the love of God, As He loves me, He loved me first. And then out of that, I then can love Him. Hallelujah. We never loved God first. We know that. But I mean, if we can't, if if there isn't that love in a manger that's love now in our hearts, hey, everything else that we're doing is just noise. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, it's just like a clanging cymbal. In the one translation, it says, we become like a rusty creaking gate. If there's anything more irritating, it's hearing this. This creaking gate as it opens and closes. My goodness, I don't want to be a creaking gate. I know as we get older, maybe our bones might creak and our backs might creak. But that doesn't need to be so, right? If we have love in a manger, then out of that everything flows. And I want to encourage you today on this special time. It's this time of the year. A babe was lying in a manger. And they all saw a babe. But actually, it was love lying in a manger. God was so desperate to get love to mankind. And so desperate for this love that was designed to be shared. For this love to reach this world. For this love to be made manifest. Because why? It just doesn't make sense in the natural. doesn't make sense that this love comes with no strings attached. That this love comes with no conditions attached. I remember when I got saved on that day, many moons ago, 14th of November, 1982, and I sat in that auditorium and my life just was flashing past me and I could just see the terrible things, not that I'd done to people. I'd done terrible things to people, make no mistake, but what was really emphasized to me was like how I had hurt God, how I had disappointed God, how I had rebelled against God. Every one of those rebellious actions was a hurt to my God. And that's what I saw. And I thought, God, what would you want to do with me Why would you want to hang around with me? I wouldn't hang around with me if I knew me, but you want to hang around with me. And I I felt so terrible. I felt so condemned. And as that would happen, a wave of God's love. I felt this incredible love. This love that was in a manger was now whooshing right over, swishing right over my heart and my soul and my brain. My circuitry in my brain was like... It was like short circuiting. I couldn't, I couldn't understand it. And then then again, this condemnation rose up and I thought of how unworthy I was. And again, another wave of this love. Until wave after wave, after every time I challenged that love, I, I don't, I'm not worthy of it. I don't deserve it. And God would bash me with another wave of this love. Love that was in a manger was now love that was being revealed to my very heart. And I tell you what, I couldn't grasp it. I, I tried to put logic, being a pharmacist and studying it and, you know, all of that. I couldn't. There was no formula that I had. I just, I, I couldn't understand it. Especially when it dawned on me that this love came with no strings attached. Unconditional. And I want you to know right now that that love is coming to you today. Unconditional love. It's a love that has no strings attached. Now, I'm not saying that we're perfect and we have all our T's crossed and our I's dotted, but that love comes to you today. You say, you know what? Uh, I'm saved, and maybe you, you are saved in all of that, but somehow there's still some parts of your life that are dry and barren. Maybe it's because you haven't acted on that love. Maybe it's because You've taken time, you know, and you've tried to think it out and formularize it. These guys didn't. They didn't have the PhD degrees to think about that. They didn't have the education. You're going to sit back and just think about the Greek here for a bit and think about the Hebrew. They just simply responded like children. They simply responded in faith. I mean, God brought the angel, one angel down to speak to them. And as the one angel comes, the glory comes And then next minute, there's myriads upon myriads of angels. Because the Bible says that when the angels left, went back, the angels, plural, the one angel comes, then the glory comes, and then all of the angels come, multitude of heavenly hosts come. And that's how desperate God was to just bring this message of love in a manger to love into your heart and my heart's. It's incredible. It's incredible. It's incredible. And right now, I want you to open up to the heart, of, to the love of God. There's areas in your life maybe that you're carrying rejection, bitterness, disappointment. Hey, the truth of the matter is we're going to be let down. I'm going to let you down somewhere along the line, and somewhere along the line, you're going to let me down. It's just how it is. But it doesn't matter, not when love in a manger has been revealed to your heart, doesn't matter. doesn't matter if you don't reciprocate the love that I show you. It doesn't matter if I don't get the love back from you. The point is that we, out of this love, the Bible says they came and they began to share this love, and people marveled. They didn't marvel at five years of being in Bible school and the deep teachings they had. It was that love encounter. Love in a manger was now love in their hearts. And when you love people just because you want to love them, not because you're trying to climb up the corporate ladder or because you're trying, there's a plan B somewhere and a plan C somewhere and you're scheming. No, it's unconditional. Just love people for who they are. You say, but I don't have the capacity. We never will have the capacity. Human love is always so limiting. But when you receive that love and then out of just that love flows out of you. I mean, it's not even forced. It's not even, you don't have to fabricate it. You don't have to manufacture it. And then the crazy thing is out of that abundance of love, everything else will just sorts itself out. Everything else just sorts, its, your business sorts itself out. I'm not saying you, you don't have to pay attention and, you know, and study and look at the market and what, what, what. But it's out of the flow of that love. Marriages are sorted out. Out of the abundance of, out of that flow, miracles begin to take place. Why? Because that true love is what glorifies God. So right in your homes right now, I want to pray for you. Father, I I thank you this morning for your word that has come to us. Love in a manger is now love in our hearts. We can't understand it. And maybe there are people that we've, forgiven and loved, and they've hurt us again and again and again. God, I pray that you give us the capacity to re-forgive them and to re-love them again. And I pray that you heal every disappointment, every area, every space in our hearts and our minds and our lives where we've pushed out the love of God. Love in a manger, I pray, would be love in our hearts today, God give us the capacity to understand. Mary took this thing into her heart and she had to ponder. She had to just allow for the Word to become flesh on the inside of her. I pray today, God, let this not just be another sermon, but let this Word become flesh and blood on the inside of us. Let there be the fruits of this love that even as we reciprocate the love of God, that the world will sit up and take notice of us. I pray for every family today. I pray for every marriage today. I pray that even as the families that have gathered, maybe not big gatherings, but in smaller groups, God, begin to heal relationships. Begin to do something awesome, my God. You're a God of families, but you're a God of relationships as well. We were designed to do life together. I pray, God, begin to touch and heal relationships. Love in a manger. Let it be love in our hearts today, I pray. I pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. As you sit there right now, come on, let this ministry just minister to you right now.
1: Come on, right there, right there. Just lift your hands and worship Him.
0: Hallelujah. I couldn't earn it. I couldn't couldn't earn earn it. it. And I don't don't deserve deserve it. it. Still, Still you gave
1: yourself away. Get ready. No shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up. Coming after me. Come on, there's, there's no, no wall. There's no, no wall you won't kick down. Lie You won't, won't tear, tear down. Won't Coming after me. me. There's no shadow. There's no, no shadow. You, you won't light up. Mountain, mountain you won't climb up. up. Coming, Coming after, after me. me. There's no wall, you won't kick. There's no
0: there in your homes, every head bowed, every eye closed right now, I want to just invite you to the love of God. If that love is not known to you, if you're away from God for whatever reason, maybe things that you've done that you're not too proud of, you're embarrassed this morning, whatever it is, I'm not here to find out. God already knows everything. He knows all the circumstances and still he is willing to receive you and love you because that love, and by said, has no strings attached, it's unconditional. So it's not how good a person you've been or how many cakes you've baked or or how good a father you've been or how good a mother you've been, that love comes to you today. Most important thing to realize is that you're out of that love. But that love in a manger wants to be today, love in your heart. God wants to reveal Himself, make His love known to you. Why? Because He loves you. You're so special to Him today. Don't believe the lie of the enemy, that you're insignificant, you're unworthy, you're unholy, you're unrighteous, that maybe the best thing would be for you to just, you know, live your own life away from God, excluded. No, God loves you. God loves you. And so today I want to I invite you to come to God as you are. I want to I invite you to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because the Bible says God is love. And when Jesus came, the babe that was in a manger was love in a manger. But very soon that love walked and talked and then it worked. And it was the love of God personified. Jesus was the living, walking, talking expression of God's love. And that love wants to come to you, wants to visit you today. So right there, would you pray this prayer after me? Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you today just as I am. And I recognize that I'm out of this love. I sense this love today tugging at my heart. And I yield myself. I open up my heart and I welcome this amazing love. Thank you for loving me so much, never giving up on me. If you are willing to reveal your love to shepherds, then you are ready to reveal your love to me. And I receive you as my Lord and as my Savior. Thank you for your blood that cleanses me and washes me. I receive eternal life. And the forgiveness of all of my sins. And from this day onwards, love that was in a manger has now become love in my heart. I'm changed by the love of God, by the mercy of God, by the grace of God, and by the hand of God. And I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. If you prayed that prayer, won't you just let us know one way or the other in the comments section? Just tell us that you, you've received God's love and we want to just rejoice together with you and maybe pray for you and do whatever is necessary to see you grow in that love. Family, I've really enjoyed. I've, I'm missing each and every one of you. We, we, we are here in a, in a very empty church. But the church isn't a building. We know that. And you are part of the church. And as we continue in these last few days of 2020, I'm just believing and trusting that what was taken from you, stolen from you, one way or the other, is going to be restored to you sevenfold, seven times more. What the enemy took, what, what the enemy sought to harm, God will reverse and bring about your good. We're gonna. I'm still saying we're going to end 2020. On a a phenomenally high note Amen So don't forget 31st of December 11pm If you could come online By 10.30 That would be great And we can interact And whatever, whatever But we're going to have A great time of seeing The new year out And the new year in Worshipping and glorifying God And we're not going to let COVID stop us from doing that Amen I want you to know That we love you And we're praying for you And your loved ones Until next time, God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye-bye.